1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. <laughs> Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work.
0: Hello, welcome to two guys named Chris here on Iowa Everywhere. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. Chris Hassel is still in Europe. He is going viral on Twitter. We'll tell you all about that. And I was thinking, like, okay, who should I? This is because this is the first show that neither Chris or I have made since we started doing this. And I said, well, we're gonna run it back with Ross Peterson, baby.
2: What's up, buddy? Thank you so much. This is the first I'm the first guest host.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, you're the uh, first one.
2: Well, well let's knock it, it out of the let's knock it out of the park and I'll I'll we'll just whenever you're gone, Hassel can have me perfect hop on. I'd love perfect. that. I'd love that. Well, how's it been, man? It's great to see you.
0: I was thinking about it too. This is the first show we've done since I left KXNL
2: yeah we haven't done didn't do really any podcasts or anything like yeah, that
0: this is the first one
2: you were going to come in one day when travis justice was gone in the morning so you were going to come in and then something came up
0: um uh, yeah your guys's hours are not conducive to my yeah. life the problem with because my wife goes to work at seven and then like i'm like getting the kids ready and, and something happened and i couldn't <laughs> get coverage or uh yeah but no um our our last show at Kicks and it was actually I just got the time hop thing. It was just over a year ago today. So here we really go. yeah it was just over a year ago. Doesn't time fly? It feels Man. like that was yesterday. How <laughs> how is your um, shift to the morning been for our audience?
2: Uh, I has been amazing for my life uh, yeah. uh, because I get to shut off that radio part of my brain at eight o'clock every morning now. Whereas you know, man, trying to be a realtor and be a dad with that afternoon show was really difficult for both of us, and yes. we we were able to manage it because we were able to help each other out so often. But dude, uh, to, to be able to, I you know, I'm always been a morning guy. I wake up happy and in kind of a weird mood, and so uh, that helps me that I get to wake up and and be on the radio and be done with that, and then. By 8 a.m., I get to focus on real estate and being a dad and um, all the things That's that awesome. come with just life. Yeah, so it's been been fantastic, man. Well, you
0: seem long. very light for, for people who know. It's, it is isn't it funny, too, like when, when you live pseudo in the public eye like we do, like the amount of people are like, oh, do you and Ross, are you guys not friends anymore? Like, no, oh. it's not <laughs> – like, Did you guys break up? No, like uh, no, it it wasn't. And it it worked out. I'm really glad you got to go back to the mornings yeah. because I know I know how hard that was once you started real estate, especially. And I actually was thinking about you the other day. You're one of the only people of my friends who would get it. So I got really into coaching little league this year. Yeah. And just just had the best time of my life. Aww, uh, I had the dude. greatest group of kids and parents. And I actually, we, Ross, we had, so we we were very young, our team. And I I know it's not about winning and losing at this age, but I want to tell the story because again, you're one of the few people who will appreciate this. So we're one of the youngest teams in the league. We're not very good, but we're, we're hanging around like 500, a little below all year. We get to the tournament. We're playing the oldest team, the best team in the league. I only had six kids. Because of dance recitals and vacations. Okay? Yeah. We had no business play. So I had four first graders and two third graders going up against pretty much all third graders, essentially. This team had killed us the two times we had played them in the year. We get up 5-1 on them early on in this softball game. And, and you know how kids are. Like, they're not dumb. They know that they don't have any – we don't even have an outfield okay? We're literally, we do not have an outfield. And they have a full roster. And we end up losing eight, seven in extra innings. But I was so proud of them, right? And I literally cried talking to them at the end of the year. I choked up because it was like, oh, well, this this is the last time that this group is ever going to be together. And I was so proud. And like, I was thinking about you because that was one of the things that was really important to me. We had a I won't name names, but a gentleman in the building that was giving me a hard time about coaching my daughter, and um, like I wouldn't have been able to do that either, just like you're being able to go and do all this awesome dad stuff, and I'm sure you're selling more houses because of it, too. So I miss you. Yeah. No doubt about that, but it's been a really good thing for us as individuals.
2: Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I completely agree with all that you said there, Chris. Let's focus on the uh, on the fun of that uh, of the kids there, and do those memories that you've made. Oh, some of the best, longest lasting. When you said the kids and parents, oh. One of my favorite memories of I coached for a long time when I was a kid. I mean, I was 17, 18 years old. The first summer that I coached was the year I turned 18. Uh, I coached a group of kids that were just fantastic, awesome parents. One of my favorite memories, Chris, was like five years after I was done coaching. I was walking through the high V in Pleasant Hill and I ran into the, the kid's name was Matt Berzicott. I ran into Matt Berzicott's mom and she almost had tears in her eyes. She came up and she <laughs> said, Man, we had fun. Yeah. Man, we had fun. Yep. And I did, and I think of that all like I ran into another kid that I coached, Mitch Monroe, the other day, um, and I, I walked up to him. He I went to go see my friend's uh, Matt Flag, you know Matt. I went to go see Matt's oh, son yeah. play baseball, and I walk up and here's this kid that I coached, who's now a forty year old man,
0: and he looked <laughs> that makes you feel old.
2: Yeah, he looked at his <laughs> wife and he said, "Hey, remember me? T- this is the guy that I've told you about that I played baseball for." and we had so much fun chris you know i we stole home we (laughs) we just we practiced dog piles like it was so much fun dude and you will as soon as you said that like you got great kids and parents it brought back a flood of memories dude i'm so happy for you
0: it's funny because like some of the coaches like you know it kind of is what you make it if you become buddies with the parents and you let them get them to trust you early on that you're going to be a good thing for their kid, then it becomes really good. And like, you know, I, I did a deal when I, I sent out an email the first time we had the teams and I said, this team's about having fun. We're not, we're not going to be the jerks. And like it was it, one of the single best experiences of my life. So I'm, I'm looking forward to rolling up my sleeves and I'm already, you know, I'm already like scouting out, you know, we're going to do a big draft. I'm kidding. We're not, we're not doing any of that. But I had a, I had a hell of a time. So, um, I do want to hit on some actual sports topics with you today. Okay, we're gonna run back some of our because I there's been a lot happen in a year that we haven't been able to get into. I want to talk a little baseball with you as you're a big baseball fan, and then we we gotta hit on this hassle versus Doctor Oz thing. <laughs> like you we talked about you it on the morning h- rush. Oh, I, I didn't get to hear today's show, so I, I'll have to go back. I, I just back touched
2: and... on it. Yeah, we okay. talked about the fact that I was going to be doing this today, and, and <laughs> Justice's like, what's the deal with house? I'm like, oh, this is going to be great.
0: So I was on vacation last week. We had canned shows last week, and I I could have done a show every day on this Titanic thing, this, this story. Like, I was just, um, I guess immersed isn't the best word to, to say with that, but I was, yeah. I was pretty locked into (laughs) that story. I was, why did the word immerse come to my head on that? That sounds really insensitive. But, uh, anyways, yeah, I'm just going to move on. I want to talk about college athletics. You, whenever we were having a slow day on kicks, you know, and it was just like, man, like, what do we get into? Because there are days like that. Like guys like us, people think like it's easy just to talk for three hours. And it is, but to make it good and passionate is more difficult, right? You can't you can't fake that. And I would often um, kind of plant like a NIL amateurism college athletics topic in the rundown. I don't know if you knew I would do this, but. Uh.
2: Yeah, I kind of was aware.
0: <laughs> it's like June – the lead story is yeah, we've got a little NBA playoffs, or the Yankees have lost four in a row. Oh, let's talk about um, amateurism, shall we? We had Ed O'Bannon on the show. We, you know, we did. A, this, <laughs> That's
2: right, we did have Ed O'Bannon on the show. I forgot. We about should do that. a
0: list of all the guests we had because it was actually <laughs> uh, a really impressive list. The Cato Kalen I, I love telling the Cato Kalin story. Dude,
2: screw that guy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't like him. I had to tell that story the other day because we were watching American Pie um, as a family. It was when we were down at the lake over yeah. Memorial Day, and that guy was kid, in there that same time, Henry <laughs> Rowan And I was like, "Oh, I got a picture with him." I'm saying, this, "I got a picture with this guy. I, I hung out with." And then I'm like, "Why is Cato Kalin in every picture? <laughs> I just want a picture with Henry Rowan Why do? Why does Cato Kalin have to be in every freaking picture?" I won a um, rookie of the year. I got America's worst house guest. Awesome. <laughs> this is this is perfect. So the, the NIL amateurism thing has really blown up since we stopped doing a daily show together. And I think it's more fascinating than ever. Um, I think that you nailed it on a lot of this stuff. I think that I nailed it on a lot of the stuff as far as conferences go. I think we were... But the the one thing I think we always were really big on Ross was you can't keep hammering these fans for money. Like you can't keep going to the same well. And when I look at it now, we've got these collectives now that are funded by fans. You've got ticket prices that are still high, right? Like, you know, I let's use Iowa as an example. They're making more money than ever from their television contract, and I think they actually did drop ticket prices a little bit, but I would say that's more because of their home schedule and less to do with Oh, we're making more from the big 10, but I guess on a, on a macro level for our audience here, where, where do you see all this? Are you as disgusted? Are you less disgusted? Where, where's your thermometer?
2: Uh, I think that we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But you, you hit on the, you know, the, the point of we're still reaching in the fans pockets. That's, that was the unintended consequence that I didn't see that, I, that we we kind of missed. We were right about pushing back on the world well, The rich will get richer. We both said, that's not going to happen. Yeah. This is going to level the playing field a lot when, when, when this is all said and done. And I think that's happened. That's why you see the sec coaches going to Congress and getting Tommy Tuberville excited. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think that, uh, one of the things that the NCAA, this, incredible jujitsu move that they pulled was the universities figured out how to create this third arm and, and to reach into to reach into fans pockets because the idea was always that it was going to be the pie was always there. The money was always there. It just needed to be divided differently. And instead somehow out of this stuff, the NCAA figured out and all these universities figured out a way to go. We're just going to keep all this. Yeah. You guys, you guys, you could do your own thing over here, and we'll just go around create a wall. Of, and and this wall is ridiculous too. And that's most of the NCAA stuff anymore, uh, Chris. I feel like I don't know. I feel like we're seeing behind the curtain a lot quicker, right? And these... Whereas it used to be when the NCAA said something, we kind of took it as gospel. Now I see a lot more people in the NCAA issues of ruling just going, "Come on, these people are still around."
0: Huh. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this whole thing lasts very long. I just, I think there'll be employees in the next five years.
2: And, and we, we talked about that too. I think that's, I think that's the right way. Uh, we got to get through the mud and that's what, th- that's where we are right now is in the process of trying to, to get to the end game, the end goal. And I think you're right. The end goal, and it seems like more and more people are kind of climbing onto that that bandwagon of they should just be employees or should be some sort of contract with the kids that says this is what they get for being here and being you still got to be a student you still got to keep your grades up blah 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 but they can mm-hmm. all be in a in, in contract form and then they're employees and they're taken care of
0: i thought too I, I i've been doing a lot of research for this this book that i'm writing and i'm doing a chapter on our buddy um man i I thought of you a lot too. And when, when Mike Leach died, I mean, he was such a centerpiece of our show and I'm doing a chapter on just my appreciation for this guy. And I'm finding a lot of stuff that he has said over the last 10 to 15 years on this topic and Leach, Leach was all over this, you know, a decade ago. And, you know, part of the deal for me, it's like, You got to be able to do what's right for the student athletes and for the school, like for all this stuff, but there, you also have to make it interesting for the fans or you're going to lose your product. And I, the one thing I don't think is, is good for the sport. Now you can debate the student athlete type of thing, whatever. I don't think it's good for college football or college basketball to have players moving every year because you can't, uh, you, you know, you, if, Brock Purdy wouldn't be Brock Purdy to Iowa State fans if he was only there for one year. Now, you have to let them, and we're seeing this with West Virginia right now. Bob Huggins gets fired. Those players have 30 days to transfer wherever they want. That's right. Like, it should be that way if if you lose your coach and stuff. But Leach had the idea that we'll make them employees, but they're on two-year contracts. We can sign them to a two-year contract. So that allows, you know – you know, fans to get to know these guys and it also i do know when i was 19 i would have made rash decisions right maybe you stick it out and you enjoy it at a place more and you fight through that adversity and all that stuff but the it, it, again like it's just fascinating to me while reading all yeah. this leech stuff because he he really kind of nailed it on that
2: he was way ahead of the curve, man. Yeah. Um, he has been on a lot of this stuff, right, Chris? And we, that's why we love talking about Leach. He was so outside of the box. He was so willing to kind of put his thumb in the in, in the eye of the system everywhere he went. Uh, you know the 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 two year contract thing. Uh, I my take on that is that I I, I always use George Niang as an example. You know, um, each university has has a George Niang example. Iowa, you could probably use Chad Greenway.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: where you bring these guys in and say, "I, we want we want this guy to explain to you what being here for a period of time means, mm-hmm. and the impact that it's had on their life and their legacy, and their earning potential." And I mean, look, George is George is the best example I can think of in Iowa State of a guy that bought in. From the minute yeah. I mean he is he is Ames through and through that if you didn't know it, you'd think he was the mayor. You'd think he was the kid that grew up in Ames. He's so passionately and in a in a fun way, where even as a Hawkeye fan, I, I like George. I get annoyed sometimes <laughs> with some of the stuff he does. <laughs> but I think he he's funny and I like him a lot. And I think that you have a guy like that come in and say, We don't need you to sign a two year contract. That that's that's not going to do you any good here in Ames, in Iowa City. That's not going to do you any good. Mm-hmm. What's going to do What's going to do you good is committing to our to this uh, community, uh, buying it and winning. It, winning helps. It doesn't make it all. It, it it isn't everything, but it will help. So if you work your tail off and you win some games, but you buy into this community. Man, you'll get four years of experience out of this thing in two years and you won't what, you won't even be looking at other places. And that, uh, yeah, so
0: Yeah, and, and like it's it's the same same thing too. It's like, I mean, let's throw um when we talk about leveling the playing field, let's look at look at what Iowa did in this off season. With some of these transfers, you can throw McNamara in there. You could throw this receiver from Ohio. the receiver from Ohio State's the perfect example. He could have made more money going anywhere in the SEC, but he wanted to play. These guys want to play. They want to be out there on Saturday afternoons to show their value. Uh, Oshun Oshunyi is an example last year with the Iowa State men's basketball team. Could have made a lot more money playing elsewhere. He wanted to start. He wanted to be a guy. He wanted to be one of the guys, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it all kind of it all kind of comes back together. I, I do think that we are in the like bottom of the third inning right now. To speak your language in all this, but when uh, do, do you think that's about right? I think that's
2: about right, Chris. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah teeing off on the uh, on the fifth hole here in this in this conversation where it's it, the, the nil thing is going to change a lot the ncaa is going to change a lot um and we're probably about a third of the way through it that's a good way to look at it
0: i want to give a shout out to a couple of our great sponsors of course we are in the channel seed studios did you know today's farmer fact on iowa everywhere 97 percent of farms in iowa are farmer owned that's higher than i would have thought it's higher than i would have thought one out of every five iowans has a job in production agriculture or ag related industries that does not surprise me that's actually lower than i thought but phenomenal stuff from our friends at channel seed i'm gonna go out and speak to a bunch of the seedsmen coming up in a couple of weeks at a golf tournament up in Storm Lake. And um, I want to remind everybody, and I, he's a buddy of yours, too, to get your Hinterland, Iowa tickets today. We've got Bon Iver, Zach Bryan, Maggie Rogers headlining the Hinterland Music Festival, August 4th through the 6th. Ross, you'll like this. Our buddy Sam Summers, he's going to join me on the CW pod this week because I want to know, like, we're going to get really deep into it on – how does this music festival that's like world renowned like people know about this all over the world now how does it land in saint charles iowa of all places yeah. it's a fascinating story to me how, like how does it work how do you get all these workers there how do you uh, it because it's in the middle of nowhere you're more familiar with that area of the state than i am but yeah. we're 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 helping them promote this thing and i'm having sam on this week to talk about all that
2: Sam's awesome. I ran into Sam at the dog park the other day. Well, I was cock- walking from the dog park through the park and saw Sam. Talked to him for a second, dude. You got there's so much to talk to Sam about. I actually was at Updown this weekend. Oh yeah, uh, nice. yeah. Uh, Up has a uh, a THC beer that you
0: can buy. Oh really?
2: Yeah. Not oh, anyway. Uh, the Bony Bear. Bony has a cover of bonnie rates uh uh man now
0: you're speaking my language i can't,
2: I can't make you love me uh you're uh, dude gosh see what's I, the name of that song i can't think of the name of the song now i feel horrible about it's this. like bonnie there's awesome. one
0: big song i i listened to this zach Bryan on the way to the lake last week he's really good like you're a sturgill guy
1: I told you, Zach Bryan is yeah. the man.
0: Yeah, Aiden, you did. You've been you've been hounding me on that. He's really, really good. And Ross is a Sturgill guy. I can tell you, it it translates. This guy, oh. I, this Zach Bryan, I, I'm guessing was like a high school kid listening to Sturgill Simpson. Would be my guess.
2: Dude, listen, and Sam is Sam is one of these cutting edge guys. You, I think the right term for it is kind of like uh, lighthouse guys, where. Sam, years ago, Sam had Sturgill Simpson down at at Hinterland. Like, if you want to know who's going to be really popular in five years, in three years, go to Hinterland. And you'll see somebody at the free stage who's going to be blowing up in the next couple of years. You'll see somebody on the main stage who's going to be super famous in the next couple of years. So... And Sam has so much cool stuff going on in his life dude. That, that will be a really fascinating conversation just to hear what else wait. going on with him. Yeah, fun I dude. Can't
0: wait. Speaking of concerts, real quick, let's bring Aiden Wyatt who's filling in for Van Winks. We gave Van Winks the day off. He uh as you many of you know, he's expecting another baby and they had a big ultrasound today and I wanted Matt to be able to be there and not not worry about us. Um Aiden went to Taylor Swift over the weekend. In Minneapolis, now this is fascinating to me because look at this. Yeah. That's incredible. That's where the Vikings it was. Were.
1: That's the house that Taylor Swift built right there. Oh,
0: oh f right off. <laughs> okay, um, one of our favorite shows. Yes. Oh my God, just an amazing time that we had up there. We we got to because KXNO is KXNO still a Vikings radio? It was. Aiden's doing a a little (laughs) swifty here. (laughs) Okay, back to the topic at hand. That's a good Um, heart.
2: That's a good heart.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I was kind of impressed with myself on that's perfect little heart.
0: I remember, like, to me, Taylor Swift is, when you sing Tim McGraw, I hope you think of me. You know, like, I think of her as this, like, breakup song. Like, so I actually did this a couple weeks ago. I'm driving to and from Ames, as I do often. And I was like, I'm going to listen to all these new Taylor Swift songs to see what the oh. plus is. Oh, And I, I come back and I tell Aiden that I'm doing this. And I was like, I don't think it's very good. I don't like it. I don't like her new stuff. I don't. I, I, I'm sorry. Ross is looking at see, me for those doing the audio only podcast. Ross is looking at me like, I don't, I don't get it. But I do know that like her, she's like the Beatles now as far as selling yeah. up these yeah. concerts. Yeah. And like so it's incredible.
1: The- the thing about this tour is it's called the Eras Tour, so she does like four or five songs from every album. So, like all the people that are old Swifties or whatever, like she plays yeah. everything. Old
0: Swifties. So, how much? If you don't mind asking, how much did you pay for this ticket? Because I've
1: I I do mind you asking that actually. So
0: my mom. <laughs> here's what's funny. We're down there, and then and Fanatics' Jacqueline Cordova was like texting me from it. And I was telling my mom down at the lake, like, yeah, Jacqueline's there tonight. My mom, like, has no clue. She's like, oh, I'd really like to go to one of those. And I'm like, really, Mom? Would you? And I was looking up ticket prices to these concerts. And, like, in the 300 level, you're looking at, like, $1,200. Yeah. Like, $1,500 to get. So, why it is. He's is... nodding,
2: at, nodding at with affirmation that that's what he paid.
0: It, Ross, like. Okay, I used to pay like two hundred bucks to go see George Strait, you know, like, and I thought that was a lot. My question is, I need help from you guys to help. She's not; she's younger than us, and she's already (laughs) commanding this much. What? What is it? What am I missing? Where? Where is she? You know, because I know she's a cultural icon. I get all this stuff, and I respect it, and I like her. I'm not saying I don't like her. But this is like insane stuff that we're seeing with these ticket prices to go see Taylor Swift.
1: What yeah, am I the missing? ticket prices, that's a whole ordeal because Ticketmaster screwed up. But long story short, they let a, let a lot of bots get tickets and then people resell them for... The damn AI. Like literally, we found tickets for 50 bucks in a drop and they sold so we didn't get them. And like five minutes later on StubHub, they were $1,300 oh. Seats behind the stage. That's a good profit right there. Yeah, a little bit. Good,
0: good turnaround. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like this cult. What do you think, Ross? I think you like her better wow. than me. It sounds like.
2: Uh, I do like this new album. I think she's that. In fact, I saw Aiden's shirt. Is the just, it's me high? Like, I'm the problem. It's yeah, me. And I got I the, the merch just, today. Like, yeah. I
0: listened to it and it's just like every song is just like, like she's just like humming it feels like to me for 60 minutes. It's just more Taylor. Okay. Here's some new music. I'm going to hum to this one. Now what happened to the, um, well, I know what happened. Every, every artist evolves, but is that like what these concerts are like?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the eras, <laughs> new era. The
0: eras. Did, was it worth it? Did you enjoy 100%. it? Yeah. Good.
1: So me and my sister actually, we drove up without tickets and
0: oh wow
1: we had a hotel room and we're like we're just gonna figure it out once we get there hoping that tickets like plummet right before the show so we missed both of the openers i don't remember who it was but we got there like 15 minutes before she went on stage so we cut it close but it was definitely worth it ross
0: what's the most at you this stage of your life yeah, you,
1: ask, the, uh, you haven't
2: tickets? answered the question aiden how much did you pay for the ticket
1: <laughs> i think that's confidential I hope you get to use a credit did pay,
2: card. Did you pay $500 for the tickets?
1: Maybe. $750. Did you
2: pay, Did you pay $700 for the tickets?
1: That's closer to it.
2: $1,000? Did you pay $1,000 for the tickets, Aiden?
1: I mean, if you count me and my sisters, it's well over that. But <laughs> for one ticket, it was less than it, that. Were
0: you in the 300 level?
1: Yeah, I mean, if we go That's back crazy. to...
0: Like, if you go into, like, I, I was looking at this specific show. Like, a 100-level ticket for this show you were at was, like, $6,000 a ticket. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Just that's out more of than the school. Super Bowl. Yeah. Like Again, like, that's my question. I'm not questioning Taylor Swift's greatness. I know she's phenomenal. Okay? I get it. She an inspiration to many. She covers all these different eras, like, Women our age and men our age took their daughters to them because they listened. I get it. I understand all this, but she's commanding prices that like Garth Brooks wasn't ever sniffing.
1: It's, well, this isn't this isn't Taylor's way, man. Don't say that she's commanding these prices. This is well, totally she is, against though. her beliefs. I mean,
0: okay, well, but that's what people totally against are paying. her
2: beliefs.
0: <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift doesn't give a shit about money. You're right. You know, she's not at all.
2: She's been, no, she's in it. She's, she's in it for the love a, of music.
1: Yeah, she's yeah. a down-to-earth yeah. gal. We so can all relate to. The Vaude-
2: when she playing the vaudeville muse for free,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like Ross Peterson always says, "Listen, if Dabo Sweeney wants to come here and coach Grandview, I'm sure we could make room for him."
2: <laughs> okay? I bet. I bet Joe, Joe Woodley will find a spot for him on the staff. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, Dabo. Fine. If you want to retire, uh, great.
2: Here's my, my other hot another- take, Aiden. The amount of money that you and your sister spent on those tickets in 20 years. You will be able to go on an entire Taylor Swift themed cruise. Like the new kids on the block.
1: That's true. New kids on the yeah. block.
2: You know, I have a friend that goes and plays in like softball games with the new kids on the block now.
0: Oh
1: my goes God. on
2: cruises, you know, Taylor Swift in twenty years will be doing
0: stuff like that
1: i'm looking forward uh, to becoming best friends with her so
0: yeah money right. on, exactly. ex- <laughs> on experiences not dumb things so yeah
2: that's, that's and i'm I, aiden i would say that too the the whatever it was you and your sister dropped sixteen hundred dollars worth it for the experience man
0: awesome i remember as a senior in college all my buddies were going on a we were all they all wanted to go on spring break to mexico and i didn't really have the money and i was just debating if i should choke it down or not and i did And literally, stories that I still tell once a month, you know, to this day, and like memories with those guys. And and I've never once thought about the money after that. So, good job. It's only a kick, a
2: jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans.
1: After all, It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: Uh, Not so much um, a wise way of spending money on experiences is going down to the Titanic on this submersible called the Titan. Ross, so I'm down at Lake of the Ozarks um, with our buddy Matt Urban. He's got a PhD. Brilliant. Probably my smartest friend that I have. I hope he doesn't hear this. I don't want to bump up his ego. But like, (laughs) so Matt is very claustrophobic. It's Monday night, we had just gotten there, and he says to me, he's like, and I hadn't seen any of the news. I kind of unplugged to get down there, and I didn't know this was happening, and he tells me, he's like, this is my nightmare, like a scenario like this, and we we really did for the entire week. It was like an hour-by-hour hour thing. Okay, the kids are going swimming. Okay, hey, Matt, check and see if they found the, the Titan yet. Okay, no, they hadn't. All right, well, let's go get dinner. Hey, I'm going to, hold on. I'll be right there. I'm going to check and see if they found the Titan. And Matt being, you know, a PhD, you know, scientist that he is, he's just breaking down. Like, you know, at this point, they're probably defecating all over the walls. Um, you know, you know, they're, they're going into, you know, like Why? mental state right now. They're probably vomiting all over the place. They don't have anywhere to go. It's probably 20 degrees in that day. And we were just like obsessed. I could have done, but he said something very wise and it's crazy when you do radio with somebody as long as you and me did like like 50% of things that happen make me think of you in some way and matt says to me on monday night he goes you just wait this will become political and i was like how like to me like this is like apollo 13 we're all we're all humans we're all just hoping that these guys get found and we can bring them back up to the surface and then we'll figure it out he goes, no, this will become political. They'll become conspiracy theories. He goes, the fact that these guys are all basically billionaires is going to piss off uh, a fraction of people. And then there's going to be people who are um, you know, saying that it's not real. And I was like, what? What? Sure enough, it did. Then I become fascinated by the human reaction to all this. And I got to say, Ross, it was quite disappointing to me. As a human being watching like most wave.
1: things.
0: Yeah, that's true. But this this was this was wild to me watching like some people like honestly, like it felt like they were cheering for these people to die.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they were. I think there were some people, you know, I kind of I fell into it. I made some joke last week about because I didn't I wasn't following the story at all. And we came on the air one day, and Travis is talking about, would you rather go to space or to the bottom of the ocean? I'm like, well, oh, this is a weird topic to have in June. And uh, and then all of a sudden, he kind of started catching me up on, yeah, there's these people that went down to the Titanic, and they're missing oh. in this submersible. And then he was telling me the story about how it was run with a gaming controller. And I made some joke about, oh, I hope they didn't take AA batteries instead of AAAs. Because <laughs> think of you know that moment of like, hey, we need new batteries. No! Oh, no! And, I'm, and and as I did it, I'm like, oh, man, these are people. These are people down there. And I did see a lot of that. Like, um, I don't necessarily rooting for them to die, but like this lack of sympathy, you
0: know? It, well, uh, just because they were rich, really.
2: And it, and Chris, you know this better than most people. Money is relative. Mm-hmm. Money's relative. A quarter million dollars does not mean the same to me as it means to you, as it means to anybody listening to this show and you and I are lucky enough to have some friends that have given us that perspective that they've got money. And it's not it's not a bad thing to have money. It's not a bad thing to have desires and dreams and weird things that you want to do. Every single one of us has something like that. I'm gonna go to the pyramids. And I would hope that if I were at the pyramids and they collapsed and I was in a tunnel, people wouldn't look at it and go, ha, white guy stuck in the pyramids, aren't we with his kid? With is probably going to die. High five. Yeah, that was a that was a weird thing to me that people were and then there's yeah it, it Matt was right. It instantly turned political. It's a conspiracy theory. You know, we're not talking about Hunter Biden, and and we're not talking <laughs> about Hunter Biden because they yeah it's it's wild. The, the weirdest one of the cons- Where I think your brain is going to get trapped in this thing over time is this whole idea that the U.S. Navy knew.
0: Oh. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah. And then we, but we still spent like these, like millions think upon of the, millions of dollars to be diving and looking for these guys, and, even though we and, knew the whole time.
2: Chris, think of the hours you and Matt spent oh, at the Ozarks. Could our have been whole vacation. time with your family. You're wrapped up in this story that well, was fake. That D- doesn't, doesn't exist. And That's then you heard thing. those
0: sounds and they put out that relief. Like we found these sounds. And then I don't know if it was real but there was like the clip that was flying around on Twitter of what this, like sp- supposedly what the sounds. And it sounded like guys pounding on the side of a submarine. And I, and I'm reading, you know, kids are hey Hey, kids, I'll come play in a minute. Hold on. I'm reading this thing from this sonar scientist. And he's like, well, it certainly sounds like human life to me. And I'm like, we got a shot. We got a shot. And I just became obsessed with it. And Were you,
2: It seems to me like, knowing you, that you were probably actually like, oh, so they weren't defecating on the walls?
1: (laughs) Well,
0: I did make the comment, like I think a lot of people did, when we found out that they died instantly. Like, that's a good thing. Because honestly, like, we were sitting there being like, could you imagine the Uh. guy next to you? Is just crapping all over the place, and you're in this little tube. (laughs) Why do you go there? (laughs) No, think about it. Like I'm just glad they didn't have to do that, right? Like, come on, like it's a situation where, like, I couldn't even imagine. They're freezing to death. You got, you know, this 71 year old French guy is puking. You know, like that. It would have been horrible. That would have been the worst way possible to die. Just sitting down there at the uh, bottom of the ocean, freezing your ass off, panicking in a tube. And I'll also point this out in defense of the billionaires. I really don't think this Pakistani guy would have gotten on there had he known how poorly constructed this thing was. Have you ever done a thing like you go parasailing or you go whatever and you just sign the waivers? You don't actually like look into it? All the time. I mean this Titan had been down there a lot. It's not like Dude, I go
2: this... I go to Adventureland all the time. <laughs> I just strap myself, strap myself into those rides and go, Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is safe.
0: Yeah. Adventureland's got a history it. now at this point, right? Like we've we've had some stuff happen there. Um But I like in this this nineteen year old boy, I can't imagine that this guy's like gonna be like, Hey son, we're gonna go to the bottom of the Titan if he knew the safety like the regulations that didn't exist within this thing you know what i mean so like i do have sympathy for them. like just because and there's so much of this especially on the left where if you're rich you hate poor people right and and i get it like it's kind of just a spot that we are in like politically in our country there's the very we're very divided but man like i i was really disappointed by that because i thought as human beings we would be rooting for these people to live and man there trust me the much time that i spent on this thing especially on twitter there were a lot of people who were basically saying yeah. oh th- these idiots got what they deserved yeah and i don't know it was disappointing to me
2: i'm with you chris i thought i felt that same way i thought that was a a weird reaction and i and i just tried to when people when i heard people doing that i would try to like personalize it to them what's your what's the dream trip that you would have to do with your kid is it to go to fenway park imagine if you were at fenway park and the and the green monster collapsed you know, you would hope that everybody that knows you and that heard the story would go, "Man, I hope that guy and his kid survive." The, again, the the weirdest part of this to me is that at no point did the Navy say. I mean, oh. I, it's it, it kind of is, just boggles my mind. I can't figure out so what the point of that. And that's where the conspiracy theory is. That's where people start to jump up and go,
0: "Oh, it was the this is so the what, deep state." What they're saying, yeah, that came directly from the Illuminati underneath the Denver airport. <laughs> the The theory, what they're saying, is that if they would have, they could not say for sure that that is what happened. So if I they see. would have okay. until said, they
2: found the debris. Okay,
0: until they knew for sure that that is what happened, they felt the moral responsibility to be looking for these people. Is what they are saying.
1: But again, in and
0: and like I'm an idiot. Like, and I'm a jerk too. Like I Urban and I are, you know, we're having a beer and we're playing cards, reading this stuff, and I and I I say to him, look at these morons on Twitter. Like the first response to the Coast Guard was maybe the Navy should send a submarine down there. And I'm like, These idiots, you think that they haven't thought about and the Navy knew the whole time. Right? Here I am mocking these people. Uh, and the Navy knew the whole time. A, just, which our
2: old line, Chris. We, only, we, we know about 10% of the real yes. information. And the, and the smarter people are the ones making the decisions most of the time.
0: Don't you want to know what was making the sound?
2: The knocking? That they yeah. thought was sounded like a human. It was happening every 30 minutes or whatever. I
0: read I was, this
2: dude. I also want PhD. to know why the, why the Navy was listening to that part of the ocean at that time.
0: What the hell was the knocking that sounded like human? Like, this guy, I'm reading it. It's in the New York Times. He's like a sonographer or whatever. He's just like, well, it's pretty clear that because it's every 30 minutes exactly, that this is not just some random oceanic sound. Like, this is intelligent. Okay, well, that still happened. What the hell was that? Aliens. Or it could be... I don't think it's aliens, but you've got all these spirits down there at the Titanic. Oh, 1500 people died, Ross. What are they doing now? Are they like mermaid ghosts?
2: They've probably done all the things that were available on the Titanic. I mean, it didn't have a water slide. They're
0: probably bored. So, probably. And then a they bored. saw this submersible come down and they're like, "Hey, check this out." Want to thank come our boy. friends at uh fairway meat and grocery for sponsoring two guys named chris here on iowa everywhere ross peterson in for hassle we'll get to that lunatic here in a minute Uh, i made a i made a i smoked a 14 pound pork butt yesterday made made uh dinner for the neighbors that just had a baby 14 pounds of a pork butt is a lot to smoke i learned that was too much but shout out out to our friends at fairway what
2: how long did uh, it take you
0: Started about nine. I cranked it up at the end because it was – it, it should have taken about 10 hours. It took me about eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also want to thank our friends at Circa Sports Iowa. I will be heading out to Circa for week zero of the college football season. Hassel will be out there with me. We're going to uh, be out there for – I think we're going out on Wednesday and coming back on Sunday – And that will be fun to be out there on a real college football weekend. Did it with the NCAA tournament. That was amazing. But the season coming around, get your Circa Sports Iowa app today. And maybe you could meet us out there if you're bored. We'll be out there again for week zero.
2: I've I've been in Las Vegas for a week one of the college football season. I wasn't staying at Circa that particular time. But, man, that is – Certainly has changed the landscape of Vegas because I Fremont won't stay anywhere Street, else. Oh, dude, it's so cool.
0: It's so great. And I just like the Fremont Street because I I can't sit in one place for a long time. Yeah. I like to get out and just kind of walk around a little. And the yeah. strip is just so hard to do that. It's just so I big. I feel
2: like when I, and again, the, the strip is fun and fine. And I like Bellagio and I like some of the other places too. But the Fremont Street experience and literally being able to just wander around Fremont Street. When I'm on the strip, I feel like I'm in one of those cattle chutes. Yeah. You got you're, you're you're always in a sidewalk or some sort of you can't really go left or right. You're either moving north or south. And um on yeah, Fremont Street I like that uh I like my that head on a swivel feeling.
0: Oh yeah. I love it when the freaks come out too. That's my favorite part. Uh, and they're there. Oh yeah. I love it, man. It's it, the best part is with when you're with a buddy. I won't name his name. And he's had a few gummies and he's never seen Fremont street at night. And he walks out there and the, the like light shows going on and just watching his eye. Oh yeah, it's a good time. Hassel was on a plane over the weekend and, and I don't know why he did this. We were just, he was like, would you have done this? Taking a picture of Dr. Oz reclining in his seat And I was like, no, I would not have done this, but it's exactly what I would have expected from you. Um, Hassel's tweet for those on the audio says, quote, I can't stand people who recline in seats in cramped areas of a plane. Dr. Oz is on my shit list. Dude did it before we even left the gate. And he took a picture of Dr. Oz, the now political figure. So he's very polarizing here. Uh, Who is reclining in front of Hassel, and Hassel's like glaring at him. Well, this this tweet went viral um, everywhere, from barstool sports to you know all these like bro type blogs picked this thing up. I have not seen Doctor Oz respond to this yet, but it's kind of mixed. It's like some people are calling Hassel a dick because he took a picture of a guy sleeping in an airplane. Other people are just praising Hassel for calling, you know, calling out the craziness of reclining in an airplane. Uh, this is the most Hassel thing ever. He's in Greece and he has gone viral on his vacation. Ross, your thoughts?
2: I love this so much, dude. I, I My first thought when I saw this was, I swear to God, I thought, that kind of looks like Dr. Oz. <laughs> But this is what I said this morning on the on the morning rush. Fails is the Andy Fails is the only other guy I know besides Hassel who can do that thing where I mean, look at Hassel's face on the screen right there, dude. You can feel his emotion. Oh yeah. You can feel the distinct the one where he's glaring at Oz. It looks like he's about to punch him. (laughs) He's so mad. And I'm not happy. I'm not laughing at the fact that my friend is is mad. I'm laughing at the fact that his I'm emotion that. his emotional state is that palpable, right? <laughs> it's so funny to me that you can feel his anger and frustration there. Uh, it it there. A lot of this. First of all, it's it's almost a shame that Doctor Oz is a political figure because if he were just the dude on TV, we could probably have a lot more fun discussion about. Yeah. About the merits of, of reclining on your on your seat. But because he's a political figure, it instantly becomes political. And there's people that, yeah, of course he's an idiot. He votes that way. Uh, yeah. But So I think that the fun conversation here is the merits of actually reclining a seat. Now, I, I'm going to take probably an unpopular opinion here, okay? The seat doesn't recline that far. I I mean, like, even in that picture, I get that it's into Chris's personal space, and I do think that there's some etiquette here that Dr. Oz is not following.
0: Before takeoff is controversial.
2: Before takeoff is one. Two is you kind of have to be aware of your surroundings. If the person behind you is sleeping, or if they're reclined in their seat.
0: I think we lost Ross. We we Uh lost Ross. There he is. You're back. All right, we'll get him back. Uh, he's listening to me. I'm going to give you my take on this real quick. I think you're there. you there.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. S- son was calling me. So
0: gotcha. Oh, one of those. He's in
2: deals. the, he's in the house. I don't know why he's calling me, but he's, <laughs> so he's in the house.
0: Okay. So you're, you were you at the personal surroundings part. It, Ross, I actually keep talking brother, because I'm right here with you. The seat uh, allows so- you to recline. The
2: seat allows you to recline. It doesn't get too much into your personal space. If that person behind you is watching a movie or they're using the tray table again, it's got you gotta be aware of it. So Chris is right in that Dr. Oz is doing he's breaking a lot of those things. He's doing it real early. He's just shutting off everybody around him. You don't get that much in, in the in defense of Chris in the fact that the that the chair doesn't go back that far, it's not like you're really relaxing. So, Dr. Oz is, is, he's kind of fake sleeping there too. You know what I mean? So, also- Dr. Oz is, Dr. Oz is in the wrong, but I am, I'm okay with reclining the seat and I'm guilty of doing it in the right oh, circumstances.
0: I, I've done it before, but yeah, like it, I would always look if, if Manute Bull is sitting behind me, I'm not going to recline my seat.
2: <laughs> or Dikembe Mutombo.
0: <laughs> or Dikembe Mutombo. But yeah, if like some old lady's like reading her book or sleeping behind me, and she's only five feet tall, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't see the problem with it. This is a huge thing for Hassel. He, this is not the first time that you know regular listeners to two guys named Chris have, have heard this topic be brought up. He, he's very passionate about this. <laughs> I think that if knowing Chris, if it, I think that. Maybe if it was somebody he respected a little bit more than Dr. Oz, I don't know if he would have if he would have posted this. I I also think it's possible, and, and Chris was very transparent about this, that Doctor Oz had been hounded by people on this plane and he was very nice to them. He might just be faking that he's asleep so people don't bother him anymore.
2: I think that's the case here.
0: Yeah, I do too. It's like leave me alone. And maybe that says something about Doctor Oz as well. I don't know. That's up for you guys. But I, I'm with you. I, I've done it before, and I'll probably do it This was classic,
2: again. though, dude. I saw this thing yesterday. I was cracking up. I'm like this is so perfect.
0: Vintage Hassel. <laughs> Hassel was telling me that the people on his in his group were annoyed with him that he did it because now it had like caused all this attention to their. <laughs> and yeah. more, more so that I think I, I don't think that they cared about the attention it had drawn to them but I'm, I'm guessing knowing Chris that he was obsessing over the reaction because again he didn't expect this like he's so naive that he was just like I'm going to take this picture of Dr. Oz sleeping in a plane and nobody's going to care like and it and it blows up and I'm sure he was just like ah, you know like spazzing out <laughs> about this thing he can't just like ignore it and yeah. and move on Last thing I wanted to hit with you is, uh, your passion point is the sport of baseball. Are you watching more baseball now with these new rules?
2: No, Chris, I'm not, not, man. Um, interesting. Yeah, I I am. Uh, you know, I think you probably experienced this over those seven years that we were together priorities. It's that conversation you and I had a lot towards the end of our time together, man. Uh, the corniest thing I would say to bring this, to bring this all back to our very first topic, man, I, this is going to sound so corny, but I'm going to, it's true. My favorite team to watch is my son's team. I get it. And, and that's the baseball I like to watch now. And I, and yeah, I watch my niece
0: on YouTube more than I do the Braves.
2: That's right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. I, my, my passion for Major League Baseball has certainly dwindled. Uh, I still love baseball dearly. But that idea of sitting down every night and making sure – I mean, like I think about when I used to have the ESPN app on my phone set up that every time there was a start to a Yankees game, it would notify me. Every run that was scored, it would notify me. Yeah. So I always knew what was happening all the time with Yankee baseball. I'm so far removed from that now. Look at this little biscuit here.
0: Hey, Audrey. Say hi, hi to Chris. Buddy. Good to see you.
2: You look hey, so give pretty. Me a few minutes, here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Go brush your hair. I'll be down in just a second. We'll get breakfast, okay? Okay. okay. Hungry. Huh? Hungry. Okay. Well, we'll be hungry after we do stuff. Yeah, put it on so. work. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I get it, and uh, I'm the exact same. Like, I, you nailed it. Like my my niece plays high school softball, and, and like we're lucky now with this technology. I, I can almost watch every game.
2: Game changer's awesome.
0: Well, yeah, that and the, but these these like small town radio stations stream the games, and they have broadcasters, and like the quality's not great, but it's enough. For me to be like, oh, Addison's up, and we'll all go to the TV and watch and see if she gets a hit, and that's that's so cool. that's kind of become my path. I I do a lot of listening to the Braves, more so like when I'm out in the garage. I love listening to play by play, like when I'm driving around, I'll I'll do that. But I was it was more like this, but I do think this pitch clock thing. I think we're on to something here. Do I think it's gonna like? be this transformational thing to make baseball more popular than football or basketball in this country no i do not believe so but i do think in 15 years we're going to look back and this was a really really strong move for your sport
2: i completely agree chris it'll be one of those things that we will we probably even now can look back and say man it was there was much ado about very little
1: yeah like we like thought
2: how
0: are we not doing that earlier yeah, right exactly we like all the thought the three-point oh, shot ruin the game
2: yep exactly good good way to look at it right Changes the game, and for a minute you go, oh, it's a totally different game now. And in a couple years we'll go, wow, why weren't we doing this all along? That's how this was supposed to be done.
0: In fact, I heard a guy the other day, it it was hilarious to me, because it's the most human being thing ever. He was actually complaining that the game moves too fast now. Because he's like, "Well, I don't don't even have time to go to the bathroom or get a beer or or any of this stuff. It's like, you can't have it both ways, fella. But... okay. No, I, I, I'm a I'm a fan of it. I wanted to get your thoughts on it, but I totally respect where you're coming from too. Because there's just so many games. Like uh, it's, I don't ever. There's feel
2: just a like, lot of life, dude. There's a lot of life happening, and yeah, baseball has fallen that, off of that priority list.
0: That's my favorite thing, and this sounds crazy. But since we since I left KXNO, it's like when you do drive time, it's different than what you do. Like you guys are there to. Make people feel good and like get them ready for their day. It, this is how I view local talk radio, at least. Keith and Andy and Trent and Ken have a time slot that's like very, uh, you can kind of do whatever you want there, right? It's very magazine type. Like you can get into deep conversations. When you're in drive time, like we're technically supposed to turn over the show every 15 minutes, okay? And I felt this just immense pressure to watch every game, to watch, to just be so aware. And now that I've turned it off, it's like, and no offense to our friends at like Drake and Northern Iowa and stuff, but it's like, I watched every Drake and Northern Iowa game for, you know, five, six years there. And it, like, it does just start to really, 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 bog you down is you, you only have so much data up there right that you can focus and i and i do with iowa because we we just don't do as much drake in northern iowa here on iowa everywhere hopefully someday we will but like i and you were always better at this than me i think it was just life perspective and you had been in radio more but you could kind of just like yeah you could kind of like tune it out and but i always felt the need to like i gotta read about the cubs I got to read about the Cardinals and like, it just really started to, at the end, it's like, I was just almost like resentful of it. Not, not the radio itself, but those sports It's like, I don't even want to talk about this. I don't even want to think about it anymore.
2: Oh, dude. I, uh, I remember the day and I told you this story a couple times. I remember, but I wanted to watch a Yankee game and it was time for dinner. And we were kind of like stuck in that crossroads and, uh, I said to Eli, he was probably seven, eight years old, the time when you w- are supposed to want to watch baseball with your dad. And I said, hey, there's Kirby. I said, um, hey, buddy, the Yankees game is on. Do you want to get dinner and we'll go to the living room and watch the game? And my seven-year-old, eight-year-old son turned to me and said, do you want to watch it or do you have to watch it? Mm. Oh, yeah. I screwed this up. He knows that watching sports is a job for dad. Yeah. And um, yeah, and that was probably part of my kind of transformation of readdressing that priority list that I had. And uh, man, Chris, you're you're hitting on all the hot buttons there, dude. That, again, back to that first thing of moving to mornings, That you, even me as much as kind of splatter paint and scatter brain as I am, and I like to be. Um, oh, hey! Here's Eli. Step in here, Eli. This is we're doing. Iowa Everywhere podcast. Hey, Eli. This is my, this is my giant buddy? thirteen Good to see year you, old, man. six All foot right. tall dude. Man. And his great little sister. All
0: right. Good looking yeah. kids. All right.
2: All right. I'll be down in a little bit, guys. I promise. You me I did it. kids, on. and
0: I'll, yeah. I'll I'll let them go. I promise. <laughs>
2: yeah. Hey, I'll be down in just a few
0: minutes. You can yeah. wear that. Okay, yeah, because they were in my laundry basket. Okay. They're in. This is the total opposite of Haskell. Oh, you're
2: okay. You can do it. Who
0: just mocks people with kids. That's what, uh-uh, that's what Chris dude, likes to do to me and Van Winkle.
2: That's the pinnacle of life right there, dude. That's oh, yeah. The best, that's the best thing ever. That's yep. the best thing ever. So, anyway, that that priority list that we're talking about, man, It uh, that's there. That's a great example of it.
0: Well, you seem very balanced. You seem like things are great. It's been awesome to catch up. We will do this again this won't be lo-
2: time, dude i love love chatting with you love you yeah. love the family love iowa everywhere keep kicking butt man
0: we'll, we'll keep kicking we'll, butt we'll give it a shot we'll um yeah. we'll be tuning in to you first first thing tomorrow morning i i just need you to guys beat it to start one hour later if you can that'd be a lot easier for me and my listening do you think no. you can convince the people at iheart to go from seven to nine no no all right no. love you man Love you, He's buddy. Ross thank Peterson you so much. On KXNO, you can listen to him 6 to 8 each and every morning. Aiden, thank you for producing today. We appreciate it. I don't know what's going on Thursday. We'll figure that out here. As I just got back from vacation. Um, you're watching Iowa everywhere. Here on YouTube, you can subscribe. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. And, of course, on anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Appreciate it. We'll be back later this week. Iowa everywhere.